ask any business, large or small, and they'll tell you their number one challenge is marketing. Maybe it's the word marketing. What if we swap the words problem solving for marketing? Hmm. Let's have ourselves a pocket-sized pep talk because today's guest says there's no avoiding marketing. And if we focus on problem solving, we may already possess the skills we need to be successful. A pocket-sized pep talk podcast that can help energize your business and your life with a quick, inspiring message. Now, here's your host, Rob Jollis. Today's guest, Marilyn King, is Chief Message Maker and CEO at The Expert Choice, her signature approach, Natural Expression Marketing, which has a trademark pending, empowers solopreneurs to use their expertise to make marketing as natural as talking to a friend. Well, that sounds good to me. Welcome to the show, Marilyn. Well, thank you, Rob. It's really nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, it's a pleasure. So let's get to work. As natural as talking to a friend, that really stuck out to me. I think you're on the right path regarding so many people that seem to be fighting the marketing side of their business. So let's kind of, let's, let's dive in there. Why people, I always thought tell somebody they're selling and it makes them cringe, bring up marketing. It brings up the same kind of cringe. Why? Yeah, well, I think so much of it is because uh, the marketing industry uh, promotes this, you know, like blast yourself out there, be a certain way, do a certain thing, and uh, it disregards the individual for one thing. And so, you know, I get the sense a lot of marketing industry just assumes that you have to be an extrovert in order to be successful at marketing. And if you're not, then you have to pretend you're an expert. So people then have to get outside of their comfort zone. And I mean, none of us likes to get out of our comfort zone. Now, of course, you know, as entrepreneurs, we do need to challenge ourselves to get out of that zone. But not to the point of being inauthentic. I mean, there's one thing to challenge yourself, uh, you know, to do something that you've never done before and just try to push the envelope. But it's another thing to say, well, you have to be somebody that you're not. So that makes people cringe and understandably so. It makes me cringe. Um, And the other thing too is that... uh, they the marketing industry seems to make it all sound like oh it's just so easy you know follow these steps fill out this template we've got you know fill in the blank you know who is your target market um what is it that they need you know want to buy and then you provide that and it's like i think that just puts everything in the wrong perspective um because you can't just fill in the blanks without having um, a really, I think, a self-reflective perspective that says, well, who am I? What is it that I want to do and what do I have to offer? Right, right. Okay, so hold tight there for a second. You know, uh, as a guy who's been on the road for 40 years, uh, it's rare that I hang around to a meeting. In other words, most road warriors like me, we get in, we do what we deliver, we go. The only time I've found myself holding back and saying, nah, I'm going to hang around for this one, 
is the marketing workshop. Because you see, in sales, I really can talk to and have talked to NASA engineers on one day, Toyota manufacturers on another day, I'll speak to a hospital on day three and some lawyers on day four. And I and the process that I work with is repeatable and predictable. Yes, I have to change the case studies out. I have to change how we apply it, what we're swinging at. But marketing has always puzzled me because, and, and that's why you're on the show. I, I don't know if I'm right or wrong here, but I've always struggled with the fact that, gee, is there a repeatable, predictable process? In other words, uh, can can I could I teach NASA on one day and Toyota another the same marketing approach to what they're trying to get into their customers' hands? And from what I've seen on stage, the answer is no. Okay. However, that question is for you. Is there are there certain things that really the solution is not as important? The process kind of holds up itself. Well, I do think that there's a repeatable process and mm -hmm. that's what my natural expression marketing approach is. Uh, but it's a framework. Uh, it's not a fill in the blank, everybody fits, you know, everybody's the same peg that goes into the same hole. Uh, so the process that I guide my clients through is first, uh, the first step is showcasing their unique value. And so that's going to be the same process regardless yep. of their content, their subject matter area. And, yep. you know, the way we delve into that is, is an introspective approach. So it is very customized in terms of drawing out from them what that unique value is. It's very much a self-discovery process. Yeah. Okay. So, so, you know, jealous words, I, I seem to be landing on, let's stay here. Uh, I, I'm wondering how many companies know what their unique brand is, what it, what, what it is they're trying to draw their customers to. Again, I find it in sales. I can't tell you how many times I've shown up either as a consultant or working with, you know, higher level um, personnel and saying, okay, uh, yes, I have a process. It's fine. Just tell me what it is we want the client to want. And I'm telling you, Marilyn, 50% of the time, and these are Fortune 500 companies, 50% of the time they look at me and go, I don't know. Or if they do know, it seems like it's a secret. In other words, okay, well, you know, who else knows? Because <laughs> you know? uh, I think it would be important that the entire company know what, what we're trying, who we are, what, what we're drawing these clients to. Right. Uh, is it are we are we in lockstep on the marketing side of that as well that companies struggle in that area oh they do yes and uh since i focus on solo entrepreneurs mm -hmm. they they struggle because you know it's tied up very much in their personal identity and um you know so there are a lot of mindset issues there you know am i good enough what do i really have to offer um, why would people want to work with me? You know, people are asking those questions. Right, right. And, you know, like, especially an example is uh, when entrepreneurs are in a business that many others are in. And actually, that's everybody, right? I haven't encountered anyone yet, anyway, that is the only one in the world that does what they do. So, 
then they're stuck with that question, well, so what makes me different? If I am a nutritionist, for example, what makes me different from other nutritionists? And why would a prospective client want to choose me rather than somebody else? And then they get into that mindset comparison of, oh, well, that person has, you know, all these credentials or, you know, all these other reasons. And I say, everyone creates a unique experience for the people that they work with because it's a relationship. And as you know, Rob, I mean, we're people. And everyone we have a relationship with, we create some kind of experience in that relationship. And that's different from the way those people experience relationships with others. So I bring that into the business and say, what is that unique experience you create? And start with that, value that, and honor that in yourself and project that in your marketing. Right. That's, that's certainly makes sense. You know, I always run with the definition of that selling is taking an idea, putting it in somebody else's brain and, and making them feel like they thought of it. Right? <laughs> and I go through the ethics of that, but let's leave that alone for now. But getting to your point, everyone goes, yeah, yeah, okay, I see that. And I go, okay, so now what is it that we want to place in that in a, in a perfect world, what would a customer walk in with and want that is exactly up your alley? Describe the perfect client. When I sold for Xerox, that, that box cost 30% more, typically did 30% less than the competition. Um, that's, that's, that's accurate, by the way. But how did Xerox dominate the market? Well, speaking your language, they knew exactly who they were after and they decided, well, we can't be everything to everybody. So, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be the company that, want, that, that sells simplicity. We're going to make this easy. We're going to hammer away at that. Can't put 8 billion features on a product and call it simple. So we're going to be a little bit under featured, but we're going to walk that walk and talk that talk. Now, look, speaking your language. Now I know what the brand is. Now I now the questions become clearer. Now the marketing pictures become clearer because we know who we're sectioning off and addressing. But I think the instinct out there is to want to market to everybody. And uh, just like the authors who want to write a book for everybody. By the way, if you're a prospective author, I would suggest you lose that thought or plan on self-publishing your book because no publisher will pick it up. They can't sell it. Last example, and I'll turn it right back to you. I was thinking, you know, the automobile industry, because I've been in the automobile industry as a sales trainer for decades. They're, they're, most of them are pretty tough to work with because, you know, they their unique brand is something that looks good and is fast and makes the family, you know, have a nice day. Okay. Well, that eliminates nobody. But I always smiled when I went into Volvo, not that I ever owned one, but if you go into a Volvo, I haven't been there in a while, but I'll bet you, if you go in there today, you will see blocks of toys and bags of things for the kids to play with because their branding is the family. We're going to keep the family safe. What do you think of what you think? Yep. And and, oh, we're going to look nice and be pretty and all that stuff too, but that's everybody's territory. Volvo, as an example, and no, they're not an advertiser here. To me, I was always kind of the smarter one that said, boy, you're never confused when you think of Volvo. You think of safety, you think of families, and And that's that's how they're set up. 
Exactly. And that's the first thing I thought of when you said Volvo. I thought it's going to be about safety. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. So we got to get other companies to be thinking that way. And, it get, you know, this is a one of my favorite phrases. This is an example of instinct versus logic. What you say is logic, Marilyn. What we do instinctively is not. Um, and and um, and so I think the foundation of of marketing, in a sense, throwing this back at you, really, we build everything off of that unique brand of, okay, which section are you are you going after? Don't say the, the whole thing. <laughs> right. Um, right. Yeah. And, you know, to your point about, I mean, it's absolutely true that so many people think, well, my audience is everybody. And right. it reminds me of a joke I heard uh, from some stand-up comedian oh, back in the 80s or 90s. And I forget who it was. I'll probably get it, by the way. I'm, I'm pretty good at this. So you go ahead and see okay. if I get it. Mm -hmm. So he said, you know, he was talking about how parents, you know, get frustrated when their kids won't, won't do some kind of task, you know, household chore. And he says, you know, but parents say, well, somebody please wash the dishes. And he said, and then they wonder why nobody washes the dishes. He said, because every kid knows his or her name is not somebody. Right. Okay. So will somebody yeah. wash the dishes? Well, I'm not somebody. <laughs> You've got to be specific. <laughs> right. Right. And so yeah. Well, you got that comedian by me. I'm, I'm. I'm. I was. I was ready to take on the challenge, but I'm thinking I don't know who it is. When it gets into rants, I usually go George Carlin, just because Carlin will pick up on one idea and talk about it yeah. for. 10, 15 minutes. He's right. not a, he's not a, a, a joke and I'm moving to the next topic kind of guy, but I'm guessing it's a, it's what my son would call it a ranter. In other words, somebody yeah. who's on something <laughs> and just stays there the entire act. Uh -huh. uh, okay. Uh, all right. Now you say marketing can be as natural as talking to a friend that, that you know, I put that in our intro. So talk to me about that. How do you do that? Well, you know, I've stumbled upon that because I hear so many solopreneurs express their fear of marketing or their dislike of marketing. And it's because they see it as, like I was saying earlier, that they have to somehow be somebody they're not and do something that they're very uncomfortable with. But I say, you know, tap into what you love about your business. Why are you even in business to begin with? And when you're excited about it and you love what you're doing, don't you want to tell your friends, hey, you know, this is what I'm doing and this is, you know, this is why I'm so excited. This is what I think, you know, people are going to be able to get from it. And I say embrace marketing as that very kind of thing. Okay, um, but but here's the pushback, and uh, because I've I've actually uh, given a speech that's similar, and uh -huh. and what and and so let's let's figure this out the two of us. Okay, so the pushback is to me is always going to be, yeah, but I don't want to I don't want to be I don't want to sell my friends, I don't want to come off as salesy. So if I do that, you know, maybe I'm putting my, my, my friend in an uncomfortable position. So just as I might be doing with you right now. 
Okay. <laughs> so, that's because I'm, I'm bitter about the fact that I couldn't get that comedian's name. But, but no, seriously, I say we'll work on this together. I think it's one of the biggest challenges out there because you opened it up of, okay, I want to think that way, but it also intimidates people. I've met people who say I'm better at selling and marketing people that I don't know than people that I do. So how do we get them around that? Well, I would think if that's the way they feel, then there's a disconnect between uh, their business and their passion for their business. And so I would, I mean, I don't really want to sound judgmental about it. Sound judgmental. It's a podcast. (laughs) Judge away. Let's go. You know, it sounds like they are then saying, okay, it's comfortable for me to just do some kind of process, marketing process that I've been taught that is separate from me. Whereas if you shift your mindset to say, I want it to be as natural and enjoyable as talking to a friend, it's not that you have to think about marketing to your friend, but think about how do you talk to a friend? First of all, your friend knows your character, sees you for what you are and likes that. That's why they're your friend. So your marketing would to translate that into marketing, you want to then reveal your real character and not hide behind some kind of structure that's separate from you that anybody could follow. Yeah. So that's one thing. The other is then if you look at your expertise, because of course you're going to be marketing your expertise. Why is it that you're good at what you do? You know, what makes you good at it? And and A friend would be someone, I would think, you know, a good friend anyway, is going to acknowledge that, yes, you're really good at that. And they would support you. They would champion your expertise. They'd congratulate you when you've done something well. So so if you think of that as you're in your mind, it's not that you're marketing to a friend. It's that you're thinking, a friend would be happy for me to know that I'm really good at something. And so let me reveal in my marketing that I'm really good at this. Um, And then the third part of that is really tapping into your purpose. Um, I love getting into that, you know, why do you do what you do? How is that inspiring you in your business? And When you tap into that, you know, like a friend is going to be interested to know what your purpose, what your driving purpose is, what inspires you, even if it's not in business. It's like, what inspires you in life? Um, And so, and they like that about you. That's why they're your friend. And if you start veering off in life, doing things that are counterproductive, to achieving that purpose, a good friend is going to remind you, you know, this is not helping you. Right. <laughs> um, so putting that in the, in the marketing framework, I'm saying, you know, think about your purpose, let that inspire you and express that so that your audience then begins to identify, like you said, with Volvo, you know, yeah. 
part of their purpose is to provide safe transportation so families can be happy going places. Right. And right. and their their customer base loves that about them. Yeah. No. I think you nailed it. I really do. Uh, you know, I, I remember as a 21-year-old struggling with this. Now, I was a 21-year-old selling life insurance, so that, that was a real struggle. Yeah. Um, I, I just you were to... immortal back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on the outside. On the inside, I was shaking like a leaf. But <laughs> I, I will tell you that I remember I had a really a great manager who said, he put a phrase in my head. He said, you know, um, because when you're talking to people like friends, he said, you can say, because you're my friend is no reason why I should, you know, be talking to you about this, but it's no reason why I shouldn't be talking to you about it either. Uh, and yeah. uh, it just, it, it really did kind of help clarify. And uh, for me, I also love the phrase, um, I could use your help. And, and I say that because sometimes the hardest thing when we communicate, whether it's giving a presentation, marketing, just having conversations with clients is transitioning from point to point, particularly the tough ones. The moment I say to you, if I were on a conversation, Marilyn, I could really use your help. Before, while I'm taking my breath in your brain, you're going, I'm going to lean in. I get it now where, you know, I, but Rob needs me for something as opposed to hamada, hamada, hamada. Well, um, is coffee good? I, uh, you know, there was a thing. It, it, see, now I have a transition. I could really use your help. You're, you've already pushed aside other thoughts and are locked into, oh, okay, let's go. And now I can just sort of, now the transitions are the hardest part. Now I can just go to, you know, I have a marketing question or, and, and I begin to move towards it, but we don't need to, um, I think sometimes we're, we're trying to be too slick. This is not, we don't need to be slick on the entrance of this conversation. And I think maybe that's, that's a thought we can run with as well as just keeping it um, as these are our friends. We don't need to play any games. Our friends know what it, what it means when we say I could use your help. Yeah. <laughs> they, they get it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So um, I want to go back to one thing and then I'll leave it alone. But, uh, you know, we were talking about that unique value. It, it, it seems more important in marketing than, than in just about anything else, because I think, as we said, everything builds there. So when you're working with a client, how do you, and, and as I said, I'm working with them all the time. When a client looks at you and says, I don't know what my unique value is. How do you help them find that? Well, I have uh, lots of questions that I ask, and I'm, I'm glad you asked it that way because one of the uh, complaints that I have about a lot of programs is that they just ask you that kind of thing. What is your unique value? Uh, who is, describe your ideal client? Um, you know, and it's like, People don't know that to start with. It's a long discovery process. So as far as discovering your unique value, it's, it is a discovery process. And we, you know, like one of the techniques that I use is um, an exercise I actually learned from Mike Kim, who is a personal branding expert that I follow. Um, and that is, uh, you list, you know, I have my clients list 
all the things that they have done, uh, and I'm talking not just like a job title uh, or the list of responsibilities even for that job, but actually the projects that they did. What did they actually do? What results did they generate? How did people respond to that? How did they feel, you know, and what did they think about how they did that project? And really break it out. And, and it's amazing, uh, you know, it, it's a great eye opener for them because then they realize, oh, I'm actually all these things. I have all these abilities and skills and I have this kind of impact on the people that I work with. Um, so that's one exercise of many that I yeah. do. Yeah, you know, it's, it sort of reminds me, I, I used to teach problem solving for uh, Xerox. And one of my favorite parts was when we would start really kind of climbing into getting deeper into the problem. And I, and I think that's what consultants like you and I do, Marilyn. Um, you know, really our value is, I'm here to ask you questions you've never asked yourself. And if you have, I'm here to ask you three more questions down that you've never asked yourself. And one of the one of my visualizations was always uh, when I first was learning it, I had a, uh, a three-year-old at home who was a real cuz wire, as I called it, you know, everything was cuz why, you know, Hey, we're going to go take a ride. Cuz why? Well, yeah. because we're going to cuz why? Cause just get in the backseat. Uh, that's cuz why. But I always remembered that of really, that's a very valuable skill. What that three-year-old is teaching us that's is the exact right. same thing we should be doing. We should be asking cuz why. And, and, you know, just so many people, they think they're problem solving, but when they don't go deep enough, the lamp isn't working. The cord is out of the wall. I'll plug it back in. We're good to go. Well, wait a minute. Cause why is the plug out of the wall? Well, maybe somebody tripped over it. Cause why? Well, maybe we've, and all of a sudden we're chasing a completely different problem. Wow. And I, and, and so um, my, I just remember always reminding myself, think like a three-year-old, think like a three-year-old. And if I do that, I actually problem solve. I have, problem solved more effectively as crazy as that sounds oh it's absolutely true and it's funny i had i had just recommended that kind of thing to one of my clients uh using the example of a uh, an airplane ride i was on a few years ago and there was a little boy sitting behind us he was probably about five or six and it was apparently his first airplane ride oh fun uh, and it was you know it was only an hour flight and I, Rob, I think in that hour, he asked a thousand questions and he was so excited and so curious. And I thought with every question, I thought, yeah, why? Or what is that? And yeah. what are they doing? And how does that work? And everything. And I thought it was just so inspiring to right. see that when you look at the world through fresh eyes and really start being curious, there is so much to learn and discover. And, right. and no inhibition either. Yeah. I remember one of those, I had one of them. I, I used to keep a journal. I don't keep it as much anymore, but I remember I wrote this in my journal. I had a kid that was going from A to Z, every question. I remember my favorite one was what's that button there? And it was the flight attendant button. And I said, that's the button. When you press that one, 
the flight attendant comes in and she's not happy. <laughs> He's not happy with you. Uh, it, it, that, that makes them angry because uh, usually you don't want to be hitting that button unless you really got something, but you want to drink a water. Let's get up in the air first. We'll be okay. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, it's uh, like I said, I, I found myself for years teaching thousands of Xerox employees we have to think like three-year-olds. That's you know, if you really want to get out of the out of the bucket here, um, uh, we got we got to cause why this thing. And um, but anyway, that's that that's what a therapist does. That's what a consultant does. But a three-year-old does it the best. Yeah, um, I agree. <laughs> all right, we're coming down oh, the home stretch. I like that yeah, calling it the cause why. Can yeah. I borrow that? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all yours. Uh, we probably should pay royalties to Little Ricky or whatever his name was. I. <laughs> I'm making that name up, but he was, he was small and he quit and he was not running out of questions, just like the one you had. Yeah. I had somebody on a previous podcast who was really talking about mentors a lot and how important mentors are. And I remember looking at him thinking, you know, I barely even knew the word just generational almost, I, you know, in a previous generations, we didn't use that word a whole lot. Uh, we had parents or we had a good manager or somebody. And then, but now it seems like that's a very hot word and very hot term. And, and um, it's almost out of the norm not to have a mentor. So um, from your perspective, how important do you think it is having mentors or, or being a mentor in somebody's life? Oh, well, I think it's really important. And in fact, um, I have a mentor who I discovered, it was interesting. I was, I had just completed a course on um, a business course, you know, one of these coaching programs, a very yes. high-end in-depth coaching program when I was starting my business, when I was just trying to figure out what is going to be my business. So at the end of that, I had figured it out. I had developed you know, my first draft of the kinds of questions and process that I have now. Of course, I've iterated it you know, many times since then. Uh, but I had just completed that. And I thought, wow, the next step is I need to be my own best client because the questions I've come up with, I should really answer for myself and then implement or act accordingly, you know, based on what I've discovered. So I was all poised to do that when I just, you know, timing was everything. And I got an email from somebody whose list I'd been on for a long time and who I knew and liked and trusted. And she said, oh, a friend of mine, you know, is one of these referral things. So she said, oh, a friend of mine is launching a, you know, a five-day challenge on on this thing it was on clarifying your message for your business and so i looked into it and i just thought wow that sounds like what i have just created you know but it was only theoretical i hadn't had a client yet and so I did the challenge and I thought, wow, you know, like she's asking the same kinds of questions, some of them, you know, that I have come up with. And at the end of the challenge, of course, you know, it was a promotion for a program she was launching. And it the 
challenge included a free strategy call at the end, uh, you know, to see if you'd be a good fit for the program and that sort of thing. Uh, but also just uh, to help you get some kind of plan in place. So I got on that call thinking, well, I do want to pick her brain, uh, but I've just done my own program and, and, you know, I'm all set to go. But then it dawned on me. I thought, you know what? It's going to be so much more beneficial to me to answer her questions and get her feedback on my answers than it is for me to answer my own questions and then give myself feedback on my own answers. You know, the, the latter was just too much in my own head. So I took her program. I was amazed at how similar it was to what I had imagined. I thought, wow, this is like a parallel universe going here. I am still one of her clients. And in fact, I've just signed up for a new program she's offering that is very much like the next step of what I want to do. In a way, she's like what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, that's, that's fitting the mentor role there. Yeah, she's so, and I've told her, I said, you are my mentor. You are doing, you know, she and I are in perfect alignment and she's doing what she's just a step ahead of me, you know? So, right. which is what a mentor is, right? Right, right. And it's been invaluable. And I continue to believe it will be. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I, I get called to be mentors from time to time. And I have some people that I mentor. But um, it is, um, it's amazing. I don't, my dad was my mentor. I, I just didn't call him that. I called him my dad. Yeah. But he fits the mold across the board. He, he right. was absolutely, and there's been a void there since his passing. Mm. Um, and um, because, you know, you're, you're blessed. You, you found somebody that you have a great deal of respect for, and it's in your space. And, you know, and it's not that I don't find people that I have respect for, but it's rare I find somebody kind of in my space at this point. But I, um, I do value, I take it very seriously when somebody calls me a mentor. And um, I guess the closest I come when I'm looking for advice, oh, this is going to sound egotistical, but I'm going to let it, I'm going to, I'm going to let it go anyway. So if you're driving your car, just 10 and two, 10 and two, Rob doesn't mean anything by it, but arrogance alert. But when I'm working something out, I actually almost reverse engineer it. I frequently will ask um, one of my kids or somebody, uh, somebody that um, is kind of looking up to me because when I'm asking them, uh, I get clarity because I, I'm looking at them going, sort of playing it. If they asked me this question, what would be my answer? It's painfully obvious when it's coming at me. So I, it's almost yeah. like just bouncing it off them and letting it come back. I can get the answer like that. I almost want to write it down and go here, ask that question of me, but pretend it's coming from you. And, uh, I can see clarity uh, yeah. with my with my kids, with uh, people who are younger. Uh, when they ask me certain questions that I struggle with, I rarely struggle because it, I, I'm uninhibited. But when I ask it of myself, sometimes I can get a little bit tangled up. And I guess that's why we do need mentors or somebody to just play that out with. Yes, play that. And, you know, I often hear from clients or prospects, you know, they'll in the course of our conversations, something will come out from them and they'll stop and say, 
and didn't realize that, or I've never said that out loud before. Right, right. Um, yeah, it comes out in conversations. And, right. you know, and I've always been a mentor to others in when I was in my corporate environment. And before that, I was a teacher officially. So I do take mentoring very seriously. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's so gratifying to see how you're able to help somebody you know, when it works out well. Totally agree. Totally agree. And we need more of them, um, particularly for, um, there's some programs out there for some students that are coming in from different countries and uh, they really do need a mentor. They're not looking for uh, uh, for you to place them in a job. They're just looking for advice and some, or some yeah. counseling. So I think it's very helpful. All right, so let's let's end on, we, we got to bring this, this ship in now. Let's talk about your business and let's start with how do people get a hold of you? Okay, well, uh, they can go to my website, which is theexpertofchoice.com. Good. And uh, I would love for them to uh, download my free giveaway I have on there uh, that, that gives them a start on crafting a message that is based on this natural expression marketing approach. Uh, so, you know, like we often hear, oh, you need to have a message that says, who you are, you know, who you serve and, you know, what you do. Um, but then, like I said, when, when people are just asked those questions, their answer right. is, well, I don't know. And in my guide, I have the questions that help them come up with those answers so right. that they can actually create a message that, that says something unique about them. Wonderful. Okay. So um, you hear that, folks? A lot of times when you're listening to my show, I'm telling you to go out and get yourself a book from an author. This time we have somebody come in and who's saying, hey, come to the site. I'll help you out. You can download it and uh, and get a start at, at um, figuring out your branding, your what, what makes you unique. So I appreciate that. Um, and that is the, give me that website one more time. TheExpertOfChoice.com expertofchoice.com, right? That's an easy one. And I'm assuming if we go to that website, we'll have a uh, contact way of contacting you directly. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So they can book a strategy call uh, as well if they want to do that. Perfect. Uh, just remember there's a the at the beginning, the expert of choice. Well, I'm glad you said that. We'll also have it on our show notes. So we'll um, have that up online. Uh, but the expertofchoice.com. Okay, good. Thank you. Okay. Also, I was thinking, is there marketing at that? The expertofchoice.com. I got it. All right. Well, you did a great job. We really did just wonderful. It's nice having this conversation with you. And oh, so um, fun, Rob. Thanks. Good, good. Well, um, we're, we're grateful to have you on the show. Thank you so much. We'll do it again as well as we can next time. Until then, everybody, stay safe. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please rate and recommend it on iTunes, Outcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more information on this show and Rob at Jollis.com.